1: crossing route. Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Rams sideline across the field from us, erupts in celebration, and so the playoffs are coming back to LA, this January at the Coliseum, we not me versus the NFC, and for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions.
3: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio, this is managing editor Derek C. Paul, I'm flying solo on this Friday night, Saturday on the East Coast by the way, it's, it's late, it's late, it's About 24 hours since the Rams beat the Minnesota Vikings on Thursday Night Football. We've had time to digest everything, and I think there's a lot to talk about. But before we do, just want to get a couple things out of the way. First, in case you didn't catch it last episode, folks, we're on Spotify now. So if you happen to listen to Spotify, if you're on TuneIn, you can find us in those places. Don't forget, we're also on iTunes speaker, Pretty much anywhere else now where you can get a podcast, we're there. We're everywhere now. So... Check it out. Also, we're on iebeatrail.com. They air our shows Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, and by the way, folks, I keep I I make jokes about this all the time. Once we get to 100 five-star reviews, we're getting that gift, gift card out. So can you help us get this done? We've been doing this for almost a year now, and we're still trying to get this done. Matter of fact, you know what? It's a $50 gift certificate. We're going to up it. We're, we're going to up it, okay, just to kind of in, inspire you a little bit. $75 gift ticket. hopefully that motivates people a little bit more. So come on, folks, help us out. We want this contest to finally end. We'd really appreciate your help with a beautiful five-star review. Okay, so the Rams win 38-31 at home. It's To me, this game's already a candidate for game of the year. There are a couple of games that were pretty interesting, came close to that. The Saints-Falcons game was a pretty good one. I think we can all talk about that. So was the Bucks steelers game. A lot of fun to watch those ones. But so this one's a little close to my heart, I know. getting the, Anytime you can watch the Rams wear the throwback uniforms, the uniforms are probably should just be the permanent ones, period. Um, instead of just most of the time now. Hopefully this is the end of the year, so I not have a question mark anymore. But hopefully from now on it's, it's a uniform. But just watching the game, it was just so much fun. And it's a lot of fun when you can beat Minnesota. Let's just be honest about that. Minnesota has given the Rams so much grief over the years. This is the first time they've beaten Minnesota since 2006. This is a Minnesota team that has historically just ended the Rams' hopes and dreams. I think only one year. Really, it was 1999 where that didn't happen. So, you know, it, it's <laughs> it, this was a fun night last night. There were a lot of issues with the game. Uh, tonight, I want to be a little more positive, though. I want to talk a little bit about... Where the Rams are at quarterback, at the offense overall, where they compare. I saw a lot of comparisons to the greatest show on turf over the last 24 to 48 hours. I am hesitant to go there. And not for the reasons maybe you're thinking, but you know, we'll get to it. We'll get to it, and I'm sure later on this week we'll, we'll talk about a again when Norm's back. Norm's off on uh, visiting family this weekend. So there you go. Again, the Rams beat the Vikings 38-31. They're 4-0, and the first thing I want to talk about, can we finally put to rest this thing about Jared Goff being a system quarterback? Can we do that? Is it possible that we can finally move beyond all that and really just, just be happy with what we have? Because can anybody here honestly talk about him just being a system quarterback after watching him throw the ball last night? Can we go there? Really, because if you if you're still saying that you didn't watch him last night, you didn't watch him the way he dropped his his passes, and it's probably the best game I've ever seen him play. Or how about this? How about him how he moves the pocket now? His footwork, or how he functions as a leader now on this offense? You know, I I don't I can't I get tired of this. And again, I've already mentioned my feelings on system quarterbacks. If you want to talk about system quarterbacks, you can go back over the course of time. Joe Montana, you could argue that he was a system quarterback. You can. It doesn't matter. He's still one of the best ever to play the game. Because even if you are a quote-unquote system quarterback, if you're playing well in that system, you're still special. Does that make sense? I mean, it does to me. Um, you could say the same about Tom Brady. You could say the same about other quarterbacks that have come along over the course of many years. But I think if you make that argument on Tom Brady, then you're ignoring the fact that when he was hurt, Matt Castle couldn't do it. Took him to the playoffs, but couldn't do it. It's, I don't see how you can go there. I don't see how you can go there, especially after the watching him throw last night. And the Rams were hot. The Rams highlighted a lot of this. They spent a lot of time when they put their postgame notes out for journalists. Uh, here's what they had. Um, jared goff completed 26 of 33 passes for 465 yards and five touchdowns including a long of 70 yards for a 158.3 passer rating new personal best Uh, 158.3 folks by the way is a perfect rating they didn't mention that it's a perfect rating you cannot get a higher rating than that in that particular category his five touchdowns is career high Ties a franchise record for most passing touchdowns by a quarterback in a game. Again, I'm going straight from what they sent us. The feat has been accomplished nine other times. Last by Kurt Warner on October 10, 1999. Goss Warner, 65 yards, tops its previous high by almost 100 yards. is third most in a single game in franchise history. Second most is 509 yards by Vince Ferragamo versus Chicago in December of 1982. The record holder, Rams and NFL record, this should, this would be a great trivia question, is Norm Van Brockman with 554 yards versus the New York Yanks in September 28, 1951. Goff's 465 yards are passing yards of the most in a game in the NFL this season. Goff logged four receiving touchdowns in the first half. I, I don't know if why they said receiving is passing, which ties a franchise record for most passing touchdowns in the first half. The other Rams quarterback to do was Kurt Warner against the 49ers in October 10th, 1999. Warner that day completed 14 and 16 for 232. Goff is the second player in uh, to accomplish his feat this season. Cincinnati's Andy Dalton also threw four against Baltimore on the 13th. Goff's first career, eight 300 yard plus passing games, which is the fourth most in franchise history already. Folks, he's only in his third year. And in a lot of ways, I've made this argument a million times. He's really in his second year. He's registered 300-plus yards in three or four games this season. The Rams are 8-0 and when Goff throws for three, over 300 yards. That, that's coming from the Rams PR department themselves. He laid out for us. Folks, what else does Jared Goff need to do to prove he's more than just some system quarterback? What does he need to do? Can someone tell me that, please? Somebody, kind of, help me out with that. Is he perfect? No, he guys. He's still. He's only a third year quarterback. He's crippled by Jeff Fisher his first year. What are we supposed to say? Why I I don't understand how on earth we continue to even see this question come up over and over and over and over again about Jared Goff? The guy threw twenty eight touchdown passes last year, seven interceptions. Was he perfect? No, he wasn't very good against Jacksonville. Team still won. He he's had his fair share of rough games. And again, I go back. It's only his third year in the NFL the second year you're in a decent offense with a decent offensive coordinator and a decent coach. What else what else do people really want from him? It's just ridiculous to me that we're even this this even came up at all this year and I'm hopefully now we're closing that door. Now mind you, I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the league or anything like that. But I think he's proving that he belongs to be in the conversation for a top 10, right? At least at least top 10. How do you not put him up there at this point? Go back and watch the film from the Vikings game. I just watched it again before I started the show. I wanted to make sure I knew what I was talking about. Went back and watched it again. Look at his touchdown passes in particular. Look at where the balls were located. This is why the Rams drafted him. Go look at those passes again. Look at how he handles pressure. Look at how he moves his feet in the pocket when he's rolling, when he's stepping out of pressure. He, he did take a one sack. Minnesota's Hunter got him pretty well. Um, didn't feel pressure. So I'm saying, I'm not, again, let me say it one more time. He's not perfect. Jared Goff, he's just not perfect. Goff has a lot to learn in the game. But try and tell me how you can make this case right now that he's not in the top 10. Or that he is a system quarterback. He's on pace for some 5,600 yards passing this year. That's insane. What does he need to do? What does he... What, is it winning the playoffs? That's Now, that's a fair argument to make, winning the playoffs. But there are also some very good quarterbacks out there who struggle when, to win the playoffs. Let's find out. But you know, but to sit there and say, "Well, he's a system quarterback." He's, I can't, I can't really imagine why anybody would really think that way for a quarterback who's still growing and still developing. I just don't understand that. It's not like you're talking about a guy who is 30 years old, been around for a while. He's fully developed and he knows what he's doing, and he is what he is. He's not going to get better or much better, he you know, eventually will start actually having, quote-unquote, the Bill Belichick, Bernie Kosar thing, uh, declining skills. Is that what he called it? I don't remember what the actual term was. It was declining skills. Anyways, the point is this. It's stupid. It's freaking stupid to even go there on him. You, you his, What more can he do for you right now than what he's already doing? Go back and look at the – if you want to question Jared Goff, you do that. But go back and watch films from games like today. I'm not saying he won't have rough games in the future. Everybody has a rough game. Okay, and he's still young. He's going to make dumb mistakes on occasion. But try and tell me, try and make that argument that he's just a system quarterback. Go look at the film. Don't follow the narratives. Go back and look. All right, so there's my thing on golf. There's my my big blurb. Take it or leave it. I hope that you can go back and see it yourself and appreciate the young quarterback that we have and what he's doing in this current era of NFL football, of Rams football, to really make this team a serious contender. Okay, so just want to throw a quick shout out here. Jim Hawk, his book, Hollywood's Team, Great Glamour in the 1950s Los Angeles Rams, folks, it's a great book. It's if you love history, and I'm a history teacher, so I'm a big history junkie. And I enjoy reading all kinds of stuff out there. But when it's your team, the team you've been following all your life, stuff like this really is special. Okay, and this book is special. What what makes it special? It's not just about the Rams history, it's this son telling the story of the 1950s Rams through his dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. So check out a son's story of his father, the team played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin. We just mentioned him earlier. Elroy, Craigslist Hurst, Tom Fears, and Les Richter. In this story, you know, just spanning the 1950s Rams. Some really good years in there. Some really good stories that he has to tell. You can find Hawk's book online at Hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at Hollywoodsteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at and Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find team through various other booksellers on the internet. Everyone, folks, I've read it. No one even read it. That's a miracle in itself. It's worth every penny. It's not an expensive book. Trust me. Go check it out. It's team grit. Glamour and the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. Folks, it's worth your time. Trust me on this. Trust me, okay? Okay. So we looked at Jared Goff here. We looked at the game he had. And I, I want to ask one more question here. What about the rest of this offense? Where does it stand? How good is it? Just the receivers alone Cooper Cup, nine catches, 162 yards. Brandon Cooks, 7 catches, 116 yards. Robert Woods, 5 catches, 101 yards. Todd Gurley, 4 catches, 73 yards. And finally, Jared, uh, Gerald Everett, 1 catch, 13 yards. That You have 4 dudes with 70-plus receiving. I cannot believe I'm talking about the Rams receiving core having four dudes with 70-plus receiving. Two years ago, we struggled to get one guy over 1,000 yards for a season. That was Kane Britt. And then I know another another site made this prediction. I did as well, the belief that the Rams will have three 1,000-yard receivers this year. I believe that very much, that that's going to happen. And it's going to be Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, and Robert Woods. And you never know. Todd Gurley might even get it as well. This offense, well, it is—it's special. It's spe- let's just say what it is. It's special, and it's so much better than even last year's offense. What I mean is this: while this team led the league in, you know, points per game last year, one major problem with this Rams team is, and the numbers show it, by the way. It's not like the, the total yards, the offensive yards are all number one as well. It's not. The Rams had to work for their points. They really did. There were several games where they had to come on the second half and take a win. They really struggled a lot at times, especially in the first half. They struggled in the red zone. Gerald, Jared Goff, especially last year, early in the year, was still really kind of figuring out his footwork, figuring out how the pockets were working in the NFL, figuring out the offense. It's, This is a much better offense than last year. And, of course, we know what things are like under Fisher. So here's the question. How good is this offense? How good is it? Because one thing I've heard coming up is greatest show on turf. Greatest show on turf. Some folks, I think I saw Kurt Warner today kind of mention it. Greatest show on turf, too? The sequel? Is that what it is? I'm gonna go ahead and make an argument here and um it's I don't think there's any way to say I'm right or wrong. I think this is more this is gonna be subjective. If you disagree, please write in. Let me know. Uh, get us on Twitter, let me know. This offense does have a lot of similarities. It's got speed. It's got a very accurate quarterback. It's got a dynamic running back. It's got a veteran offensive line. It has a lot of those same aspects. I think this offense can be better than the greatest show on turf. And saying that is high praise alone. Because people don't really understand how intricate Mike Marks' offense was during those years. When I sat down and talked with Isaac Bruce last year and really kind of really worked into his brain about that offense, it was clear and how special it really was. Years ago when I talked to Torrey Holt when I was when I was contributing to Yahoo it was the same thing. I it's not the same with this current Rams. The offense is simpler, it relies more on movement, it is it's to me, just as dangerous. But that offense was much more intricate. But here's one thing that I'm going to challenge you on. How many interceptions has Jared Gothrum? How many turnovers has his offense committed? In the last two years. Now go back to the 1999, 2000, 2001, the whole grass show on turf era. And what was one problem that reared its ugly head from time to time with the Rams offense? Turnovers. What do I mean? Well, go look at Kurt Warner's numbers for you. And I'll pull them up. I will pull them up for you. Okay. I will get his numbers for you look at his numbers and by the way they're still fantastic numbers please don't misinterpret what i'm saying but kurt warner in his 1999 season beautiful right 41 touchdowns 13 interceptions just solid 2.6 percent interception ratio good stuff right in 2000 that's the year the team went 10 and 6 missed uh, Lost in the wild card. He missed five games, throws twenty one touchdown passes, eighteen interceptions. Again, that's in eleven games. Two thousand one. In two thousand one he's a first team all pro. Thirty six touchdown passes, leads the league. But the often ignored number here, twenty two interceptions. Twenty two interceptions. So, what is Goff throwing now? And by the way, that twenty-two receptions, in 2001 is a career high for Kurt Warner. Can someone tell me? If you, if you think it through. What I would argue is this. Because that Rams offense was so intricate based on timing. And let's look at the offensive scheme March's offense left quarterbacks under a little more peril or a lot more peril we saw Kurt Warner and Mark Bolger they ran for their lives a lot Bolger ran for his life quite a bit and spent a good chunk of the last part of his career dealing with some of those, those old injuries okay I look at this now and I think this is where the Rams offense is different than the greatest show on turf. The current Rams. That team was probably even a little more explosive but it was a more mistake prone because it took more risks. This Rams offense for as as the current Rams offense as far as explosive as it is it doesn't take all that many risks. You don't see Jared Goff throwing coverage all that much. You don't... Togger was not a big fumbler. They don't give up, they don't give up a whole lot of sacks. They give up one last night. Overall, this is a pretty... This team's really good at protecting the football. They're pretty good at it. Those Rams teams in St. Louis between 1999 and... And 2003, 2004, they turned over the ball. Remember, Mark Bolger in his first year as a full time starter. Let's go back to his numbers. Mark Bolger, let me pull him up. Let's see here. I want to say as a Let's see. I'm losing it. Let's see. I just, I just had it on the screen. I apologize for that. I apologize. The he threw. It's coming up now. In 2002, 14 and six. Here we go. His first full year as a starter, 22 interceptions. And that was the year the Rams won the division title. 22 interceptions. 4.1% pass uh, interception rate. Okay? He wasn't a big interception guy throughout his career. That was his his worst year-wise, interception-wise. But my point is this. During those peak years under Martz, they turned the ball over more. So, that's why I'm going to say, I don't think it's fair to compare this team to the greatest show on turf. The greatest show on turf was its own era. It was its own team, its own talent. They did things a little bit differently. This Rams team is completely remade. It's in a new era. It's got new talent, and they do things a little bit differently. And so, it's not the call it greatest show on turf to me lacks originality. So let me ask you all this. do you have a you know we call the defense when Tlaib's in there, Los Angeles. Where we have what can we nickname this offense? Or are you happy with labeling Gray Show on turf 2? Is that what you want? I'm not going to argue with you. you know if that's how you feel about it. more power to you. So there you go. there's my, my feelings on this. You can look up the stats. I, I just checked them on profootballreference.com. Um I'm updating our site when I can. With all those stats as well. Okay, last sponsor of the night and one of our favorites, uh, Sam Martinez, Golden Ram Barbershop. If you live out in the Orange County area and you do like the old, cal- you know, old school, seriously old school, barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at one three seven five five Golden West Street in Westminster, California nine two six eight three. Sam Martinez opened up a shop as a shrine to the Rams. On the day the team left for St. Louis and has kept the line on ever since. He's by appointment only. So give him a call at 714-894-7267 or Rams at the end. Use the promo code Rams Talk, So he knows we sent you. Get this affordable haircut. It's already affordable. We'll get a discount on that. And, hey, they're open Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. You know he's closed on Sundays. He's watching his team. One more time. Give him a call. 714-894-7267. That place, I'm telling you, it's like a mini Hall of Fame. All kinds of good stuff there. But the best part about it, it gives you that real deal barbershop experience. Trust me, you won't regret it. He managed to make me good looking, and we all know about Magic Johnny. So there you go. Also, we are looking for sponsors. We, I don't need to keep mentioning it. I'm just asking if you are interested in sponsoring us or doing business with us, advertising with us. Please reach out to us at ramslot1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657 666 5453. We just moved over to a new host and this host is fantastic. Our numbers are doing very well and uh, it will be a good deal for you. So hopefully you can see that way. Oh, so again, ramslot1945 gmail.com. We have a media kit ready to get out to you and you know, there you go. Okay, so. Moving on here, the mailbag. The mailbag. And we had, you know, we had quite a few different questions pop up today, more than I thought we would. So let me go ahead and see what I can. The first question I want to get to here comes from Clash of the Horns, Ram Fan Podcaster. How impressed or discouraged are you um, about Brockers, Dal, and Sue's performances in the last four weeks? He calls them the tenacious threesome. So I'm. It's, it's hard for me to say how I feel about the performances. It's clear they're getting pressure. The numbers show that. Donald just had two sacks in yesterday's game. I would like to see a little more. And I think it's just really a question of building that chemistry between the three guys. Just playing together. And you have to remember, they did not play together during camp. So getting them to each other, getting that linebacker core a little a little healthier, getting Mark Barron back will be pretty big. So you get the linebackers back together, and you build that front seven up where the, the chemistry is there. that It gels real well. Then I think you're going to see things well. So I'm not really impressed or discouraged. I'm kind of in the middle right now. I'm waiting for this team to wake up a little bit. I think we saw some of it at the end of the game. And by the way, what a sack. What a, what a sack by John Franklin Myers. What a strip sack there. Um, good stuff there. So there you go. There's my answer, Clash. Um, leave and, and Peter's injury updates. This is from Aztec Pride. I, I would say we we know that Talib's out for a while. He's out for a minimum of eight weeks. He's on the IR. So that just is what it is. I got into a brief debate with... Uh, a, Somebody on Twitter about this a couple of days ago. You know he believes that there's a really good chance to leave will not be himself when it comes back, and that's that's a fair observation. It, just having him back, period, though, would be good. He brings good leadership to that secondary. As for Peters, he really didn't look like himself in, in the game, uh, and and at to the point where we got another another question that came through. Jeff Fisher's mustache from from great show on surf. He said, it's obvious that Peters wasn't 100% by the way he performed yesterday. Should we bench him until Denver? No point in using him against trash opponents and risking an injury when we don't need him. Well, no. You If he can play, you play him. Because you're playing Seattle next. And no matter how bad Seattle is, and by the way, Seattle is pretty decent against Dallas. Um, it's still Seattle. And it's in Seattle. That's not a game you want to mess with. Just go, go beat them. Get your best guys in there. And judging from what we saw in that secondary, if he's healthy enough to go, you play him because the secondary really struggled against a solid receiving core. You know, and what the Vikings brought. So, uh, Justin Horstic asks, when is Barron coming back? I'm going to be honest and say I don't know. The team has been very quiet about this. They haven't really said much, and and its I think it's one of those injuries where he's not going to really do anything. He's not going to return until it feels right. He's not going to go in there and risk something. I think if he was going to risk something, he probably would have done it already. I think that he's playing it smart and just making sure things better. So there you go. Let's see here. Any other good questions for you? Again, that was um, just the worst thing. Nick Hamilton, L.A., the great Nick Hamilton who comes on our show once in a while. He left a quick comment for us. Amazing game, but the defense, although it came big in the four, still concerns me. It concerns me, too. It concerns me, too, and I think it's going to be something when Nick, uh, not when Nick, when Norm gets back, I'm going to want to have that conversation with him. I'm not quite prepared to make a judgment on it because you're playing a very good offensive team that was trying to prove something after that, Horrible loss they had last week into Buffalo of all teams. So I don't really, I don't really know where this defense is. They did struggle some in the linebacking core. They, that needs to be improved on. They're not getting much pass rush off the edge for much of the game. They did get some late. They, those things need to improve. But really, I'm going to wait until our next show when I can sit down and. Norm and I can can break that down. Uh, Frank, Las Vegas, one of the Rams' new stadium open. It opens in 2020, and I think I've covered every question today. Comments we've seen from Carniero: uh, We need a kicker. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, folks want to know about Higby. What about him? I think that Tyler Higby is a valuable part of this offense. But the reality is, is, when you have three receivers like you have, in Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and of course, Brandon Cooks, it's going to be hard to get those tight ends the ball. Oh, and don't forget Todd Gurley. You only have so many plays per game. So it's really hard for me to imagine that it's going to be so easy as getting, getting the ball. Joe Everett only had one catch. I would look like to see a tight ends more involved in the game. But right now, I'm gonna be happy with where it stands. Okay, so that about does it for the that, that does it for the, um, the mailbag today. Good stuff. Love we have questions in. Okay, and our winner from the trivia question. I mean, the, the question was, uh, when did the rant? What was the when did the Rams play the Vikings for the first time? What was the final score? It was November 5th, 1961. The Rams sort of won Vikings 17. Again, well, Vikings beat them a month later, but we won't talk about that part. The winner is Dan Mancinus from Fresno, California. And so we'll be sending him a copy of Hollywood's team by Jim Hawk out. That'll be a really nice one for him to check out. And I think, folks, I think we're about done today. I think I covered anything Everything I want to cover. I want to sit in the defense for Norm. Norm's going to be really into that. If you could, I just want to ask you all again to follow us on Twitter at Talk Rams. On Facebook, where you can find us at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me on Twitter at DC Paula. Also, we have a Facebook group, the Rams Talk Room, where we, because, and I got to be honest, the Facebook algorithms are just crazy. I'm not even sure you even bother to, to post sometimes on Facebook because it's so hit and miss on who sees your stuff. So we created the group, and the group seems to help out a lot there. So again, you can find us also at Rams Talk Room. We don't post a whole lot there. So if you think we're going to spam you, I, I'm not going to do that to you. I promise. Don't forget us, We're on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Android. We're everywhere, folks. So I really hope that you continue to, to, to uh, follow, stay with us the whole season. This team is uh, special. And we'll get more into it this week about how special this team is because I think maybe, just maybe, if, if some things tighten up a little bit on defense, We may finally have a Super Bowl winner in L.A. For the first time in a very, very long time. All right. For the entire Rams Talk crew, this is Derek Ciapala, and we'll talk to you early next week. Take care.
2: The Lexus NX is crafted to take on the modern adventure called life. Alexa, what's the quickest route home? With Amazon Alexa compatibility and the advanced Lexus safety system, the Lexus NX is modern utility for the modern world. Because modern obstacles require modern solutions. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more.
1: Amazon Alexa and all related logos are trademarks of Amazon.com Inc. or its affiliates. Not all Amazon Alexa functionality is available for in-vehicle use sugar ray leonard roberto duran marvelous marvin hagler and thomas hearns legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history relive their decade of dominance in the new showtime sports documentary the kings a four-part series premiering sunday june 6th only on showtime
2: i'm mark chapman welcome to the planet premier league podcast